Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Friends, there has been no interruption in the mining of blue coal. Every working day, the blue coal mines are producing at full capacity. Yes, householders can fill their bins with blue coal this spring and be sure of the same steady, healthful warmth next winter they have enjoyed this year. Because of the shortage of other fuels, the demand for hard coal has greatly increased. And for your safety and comfort next winter, we want to make this suggestion. Place your order this spring, the sooner the better, for the coal you will need next winter. Don't take a chance. Call the nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow and ask him to schedule your spring delivery of blue coal. America's finest hard coal. The Shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Ghost That Gleams. is situated along a lonely strip of sandy beach. Even inside the cottage, you can hear the distant boom of the waves and the low moan of the wind along the dunes. Max, shut the door. Huh? Shut the door. It's cold in the house. All right. It's dark on the dunes and on the ocean. Why are you standing at the door? To find out. To find out what? If he comes by land or by sea. Stop it. (laughs) Max, stop it. Sorry. I'm not being very considerate, I know. Darling, don't. But it's become a little wearing, my own particular private ghost. Just your nerves. No, no, my dear, not my nerves. A tall ghost who stoops a little. A ghost in shapeless, colorless clothes. A ghost whose face gleams. Max, darling. I don't think I can stand it much longer. The limits. You have to sleep sometimes, and I don't dare sleep. It's imagination. There are no such things as ghosts. This, my love, is my ghost. It's a very special thing between us. 
we don't care to let others in on our little friendship. I don't like to hear you talk like that. I don't like to hear myself. Maybe. Maybe it's just because I'm tired. Maybe it's really nothing. I am tired. Let's go to sleep, Max. All right. You'll go to sleep. I'll get things ready. Max, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't. Lucia. Lucia. What is it, dear? Uh, nothing. Nothing. <gasps> Lucia. Lucia, come here, quick. What? Max, what? Look, the window. I'm looking at the window. You see what I see? Max, there's nothing at the window. But he's there. He's his dead face gleaming. His dead face. There's nothing. Nobody at the window. There's nobody at the window, darling. Nobody at all. It's been going on now for weeks, Mr. Cranston. I can't take it anymore. It must be a disturbing experience, Mr. Hill. I've been to the police. They were polite, but I got nothing out of them. I wonder if... If I've been to a doctor, a psychiatrist... Yes, Miss Lane, they find nothing wrong. I'm not insane. I wish I could help you. You've got to help me. Look, I've heard about you, many things. That's why I came here. I need help, and I know of no one to whom I can turn. What is our schedule like, Margot? We were twins. We couldn't take care of more than half of them. I know how busy you must be, Mr. Cranston. Now, can you realize how desperate I am? Margot. Yes? Get some things together. We're going down to Oceanside tonight. Oceanside? And Mr. Hale has a cottage there with his wife. He's going to put us up for a while. All right. Anything special I should take with me? I mean... Yes, Miss Lane. Something special. I can trap a girl. We don't have much farther to go. Well, I can see your place now. It's isolated, isn't it? I've always preferred to be alone with Lucia, of course. Now, I don't know. Cottage is right near the water's edge. Nothing near but miles of sand dunes. It must be lonely. It is sometimes, this way. Uh, the cottage. Is that your wife playing? Yes. Lucia! Lucia! Darling. Oh, Company. Uh, Lamont Cranston, Margot Lane, my wife. How do you do? How do you do? I'm so glad you came. I, I love the sea, but it gets a bit lonely. Max never spoke of you. Uh, they're, they're very old friends, Lucia. And they were kind enough to come along with me. I ran into them in the city. Oh, you should go to the city more often. Max, look after Mr. Cranston. Margot, may I show you your room? Thank you. Your wife's very charming. She's stuck to me faithfully through all this, but... But... He's never seen him. The ghost? He's never seen him, and yet he gleams like a beacon of the dam. Easy now. We'll try to make sense out of the thing, whatever it is. But suppose it doesn't make sense. Suppose... Now, stop it. supposing. You've managed to pull yourself together a bit on the train. But I'm back, or he comes for me. Where? <laughs> what was... The woman screaming back of the house. Come along. Room down the hall. Margo! Kill him, <laughs> What happened, Lucia? <laughs> I'm sorry, but maybe my nerves aren't as strong as I thought. You better I... not talk. <laughs> come on, come here. The closet. All right, what is it? Mr. Hale was showing me the room. He opened the closet and... 
that. Now, of course, it's a clump of seaweed. Where? Must have been a horrible feeling, the mark. That wet, clammy stuff across the face. I don't blame her for screaming. No, but it doesn't make a good beginning. Debunking a ghost. Because what, Lamont? Because a clump of wet seaweed is one of the oldest marks. Things that walk by night. Every time before it... He appears, sand rattles against the window. Little squirts of sand as though ghostly hands were throwing it. Might be the wind. Yes, might, except that it's happened on still nights. Nights when there was no wind. Where did you live before you came here? Many places. For a little while. Then we'd move on. Was there ever anything in your life connected with the sea? With the sea? No, never. Well, nothing's happening tonight. No. It's um, quite late. Margot must be tired and your wife. All right, we'll go to bed then. Perhaps tonight I'll be able to sleep. Lucia? Yes, darling? Our guests are tired. Oh, of course. Time for bed. Weather's blowing up a bit. Often does at this hour. Something to do with tides or... It'll make me all the happier for being indoors. Well, shall we? I'll take it to your room, Margot. Thank you, sir. Good night, Mrs. Hale. Mr. Hale. Good night. Good night. night. Monty's I know. Well, your room, madame. Wind's bad tonight. And the waves like distant cannon fire. Listen. They sound like waves to me. Good night, darling. Good night, Lamont. Lamont! Yes, Martin? If there were ghosts, this would be such a good place for them to walk, wouldn't it? For such a long time. Lucia, how did that seaweed get into the closet? I don't know. Somebody must have accidentally... Accidentally? Somebody? Who? Max, there's a very simple explanation. There must be. Must be? What was that? Sounds like... Like a bird, maybe. Birds don't whistle like that. I... It's nothing. It... It must be nothing. We both hear it. Someone at the door. Uh, someone's solid enough to knock. I'll see who it is. Shall I? No. I'm not afraid of anything that can knock on a door. We should go to sleep. All right, then. That whistle. It reminds me of something. Something. Who? Hello, Nick. Hello. Who are you? Whitson, wild outside. Would be warmer inside me. Sorry. Come in. Thank you. You know me. Look again, I... Max. In so many years. The man doesn't grow younger, he grows older. 
And I've grown old. What do you want, Paula? You've done well, Max. In all the years between. Very well. I inquired before I sought you out here. What if I have? Don't misunderstand me, Max. I'm delighted. Terribly delighted, Max. Thank you. Because if you hadn't done so well, Max, you wouldn't have such a nice fire. So charming and well built a home. If you hadn't done so well, Max, you wouldn't be able to take care of old Paula. Take care of you? That's right, Max. I need taking care of. I'm old. I need money. Poorly, if you think I'm I going... know you're going to, Max. But old times, see. You're calling yourself here now, aren't you? That's right. Instead of... Shut up! Mustn't mention it, Max. Poorly, listen. Oh, I'll look after you. I knew you would, Max. I can't very well do anything tonight, though. I have a room in town. Good. I'll see you there in the morning. Not too early, Max. Hmm? Because you'll have to stop off at your bank first, won't you? Yes, I will. 49 Beach Road, Max. Don't forget. I won't. 49 Beach Road. Good night, Max. Good night. And happy dreams. Just a minute. Friends, right now is the time to make plans for a warm home next winter. Because of the shortage of other fuels, the demand for hard coal has greatly increased. And that is why it is important now for you to place your order for blue coal. Yes, to be sure of a warm, comfortable home next winter, order your supply of blue coal now and fill your bin to the brim. The fact that you can store coal in large quantities is one of the big advantages over other fuels. When you've got a supply of blue coal in your bin, you've got a real treasure chest in your basement. No matter what happens next winter, you'll be safe and warm and enjoy the steadier, more healthful heat that only blue coal gives. So, don't be one of the shivering thousands next winter. Take advantage of a summer delivery and enjoy guaranteed heat no matter what happens next winter. Get this security now. Phone the nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow... Tell him you want your delivery of blue coal during the summer months. And ask him about easy budget terms. You'll find him listed in the yellow classified section of your telephone directory under the word blue coal. Now, back to the shadow. Margot and Lamont are staying at the seaside cottage of Max and Lucia Hale. Cranston has consented to investigate a strange apparition, which Hale claims he sees. It's almost midnight, when suddenly there's a scream of pain and terror. 
They rush out into the night across the sand dune to investigate. The stream came from this direction, I think, Margo. It's so dark. Shifting sands could bury anything or anyone. Not over there. Yes. Looks like like an arm sticking out of the sand. I'll see. You better not look, darling. It is an arm. Bobby's underneath the sand. Oh. Yeah. He's a little old man. Yes. His face is it's so contorted. There's some papers on him. He wore it. His name was Paulie, James Paulie. He'd just come to this country. He's been abroad, China and India. Poor devil. Mark, do you think there's any connection between him and Max? I don't know. Max is very reticent about his past. But this man couldn't be the ghost, could he? It's unlikely. Max described a tall ghost. Margaret, there's something Max hasn't told us. I felt that too, but... We'll have to get Paulie to the police. Then I think Max is going to receive a visit from the shadow. and get some sleep, darling. All right. My eyes are so tired. And I'm cold. wonder if ghosts get cold. Well, here we are. Lamont? Yes, Margot. Very cold, Margot. Oh, I'll put the heat on. There. It's only a little electric heater, but out here we can't be particular. I like it out here, except for... for... I think we should all go to bed. That's a very good idea. Yes, let's... Wait. That's the sound he always makes before him. Come on, look. At the window. Dark, but you can see a face. A gleaming face, gleaming. Outlines of the shoulders and body. I'm going to... Max, the gun! I'm going to see how much of a ghost he is! 
fired at him. I couldn't have missed, and yet he's still there. I hit him. He's gone. Lamont? He ducked into the dunes. The suit would be impossible unless you had a regiment. Something you had something that laughs at bullets. Mr. Cranston, I'm going out of my mind if this doesn't stop. i got to get away from you here. You can't escape by running, Max. You've got to stay here. And, and what? And confront your ghost. But... You'll confront it, Max. You have my word for it. You'll confront your ghost tonight. Take it, Max. Take it. No, Max. The shadow, Lucia. Max. 
There's someone in the room, or am I going mad? You're not going mad. Max, put that sedative down. Drink it. You've got to. You drink that sedative, you'll die, Max. I don't understand. She's got to poison you to kill you, because the game's out of her hand. What game? The game of driving you mad so that she and her confederate can take your money. Her confederate? Yes, the same one she had years ago in Indochina. Uh, Mr. Stephen Osgood. But he's dead. No, he's very much alive with his hands tied in the next room. But I killed him. You shot at him, but you didn't kill him. Your gun was loaded with blanks. Right, Mrs. Hale? I... I didn't know anything about it. You I... stayed behind when your husband fled the Orient, Lucia. You and your friend Oscar took his fortune. Then you rejoined Max when he became prosperous in this country under another name. Lies. Oh, lies. No, Mrs. Hale, it's the truth. And for that truth, you're going to hang. Hang? As accessory to murder. The murder of Mr. Pawley, who sought to blackmail your husband. The murder of Pawley by your ghostly confederate, Stephen Osgood. <laughs> I can't. Take back, get that glass from her. No, no, you don't. I've got it. That would have been an easy way, Mrs. Hale. But there is no easy way for those who kill... <laughs> You're wonderful, Lamont. And terrible. Mm-hmm. Sounds as if you've covered the situation pretty thoroughly. Well, whatever made you realize the ghost wasn't really a ghost, it was Osborne. You remember when Max shot at the ghost? Hmm. He shot at the ghost through the window. The ghost's face was on the other side of the closed window, you remember? Yes. Well, bullet might pass through a ghost without damaging him, but it couldn't pass through a window without smashing it. Therefore? Max didn't have bullets in his gun, but black. Right. Well, Lamont, how did Osgood bleed? A pinch of luminous paint, very simple. And very convenient if you want to be seen in the dark. Of course. What was all that about the heater? Oh, Lucia turned the electric heater off and on whenever the coast was clear. But how could that be a signal? Have you ever noticed that when you turn any powerful electrical appliance on, that the lights in the house will momentarily dim down? Yes, of course. You could use the heater because you'd never think of it as something visual. Mm-hmm. You'll think I'm wonderful and terrible. Well, we'll settle for a half, eh? The first half. And now let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Barclay. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. It's not too early to plan the spring checkup and cleanup of your furnace and to make arrangements with your blue coal dealer to have that essential job done. Yes, it's essential to good heating and operation that will save you money next winter and to prevent costly rust damage while your furnace is idle this summer. Blue coal dealers have specially trained men and special equipment to do a quick, thorough, dust-free, and inexpensive job of cleaning your furnace. They can also make the minor repairs necessary. Your blue coal dealer will receive many calls to clean and repair furnaces. So it would be wise to call him now and make sure that he'll be able to fit your job into his schedule. Better make a note right now to call the nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. I thank you.
is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plots are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of Blue Coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Barouche. Remember, it's Blue Coal for finest heating service. It's Blue Coal for finest modern equipment. It's Blue Coal for the best home heat money can buy. episode. Have you tried the delicious charbroiled sirloin steak and all for only... Chin out, devil's dip. Let's see you stop me. Randy, stop. Oh, can't move. Oh, my leg. Randy, he's gone. My own son swallowed up by the devil's dip. Yes, Mr. Cranston? This is Lamar Cranston. My name is Calhoun. Wilma Calhoun. But I don't expect that you remember me. Calhoun? We met three years ago when you cracked the landing case down here. Oh, of course. Yes, now I remember. How are you, Mr. Calhoun? Not so good, I'm afraid, Mr. Cranston. 
something terrible is taking place down here on our plantation. Oh, it seems to be the trouble. Well, I know it sounds peculiar, Mr. Cranston, but it's the legend of Limbo Swamp come back. The legend started up again. It will kill us all if you don't help. What are you talking about? My son was killed by it this evening, devoured by the swamp. What? While running to his rescue, I was held by a paralytic stroke. You're sure you're not letting your imagination get the better of you? The legend has already struck, Mr. Cranston. It will continue to strike until every member of the Calhoun family has been claimed. You've got to help us, Mr. Cranston. You've just got to. I can see what Calhoun meant now. What's that, Martin? This swamp country. Well, it is pretty depressing, isn't it? Mm. What did you make of that legend business Calhoun was telling you about, Lamont? Well, as far as I could gather, Margot, a family was being consumed by man-eating swamp. I'm almost ready to believe anything after being down in this part of the country for a couple of hours. Well, we're almost there, darling. Oh, here's the drive-in road he told me to look for. I see two people on the front porch the swamp hasn't claimed yet. Oh, yes, a young woman, a young man. They look like something out of Gone with the Wind. Pretty far gone, if you ask me. I don't think we should expect a very stimulating reception. Thank you, Don. Thanks. Well, good afternoon. Is uh, this the Calhoun Plantation? Never heard of any other name in these parts. I assume you're Mr. Calhoun's son, Quentin. That's right. This must be your sister, Lucy. Yes. You must be Mr. Cranston. That's right. This is Miss Lane. How do you do? How do you do? I don't think you'll care too much for this patch of land, Cranston. Quentin, is that any way to talk to our guests? I'll take Miss Lane's bag up to her room. Daddy told us you were coming. We've been looking forward to your visit. Thank you. Your father said there was some kind of trouble, Miss Calvin. Oh, poor old Daddy. He's nearly out of his mind after what happened to Randy last night. Then with his paralysis... Randy's probably the best off of all of us. He don't have to fight the swamp no more. You sound pretty convinced about this swamp legend, Quentin. Don't let me scare you, Quentin. Have a look for yourself. But keep your eyes open when you do. Good heavens, what was that? Daddy. That sounded like Daddy calling. Come on. Go ahead. Just the old boy's damn boogeyman again. This way. He comes right down the hall here. Randy. Randy, my boy. Daddy, what is it? What happened, Mr. Calvin? Randy. He walked out of the swamp. He's come back from the dead. What are you talking about? That's on the window. And then he walked away into the twilight whistling. I'll open the window. There it is. There is someone whistling. Oh, it's Eli. Eli, the hired man. There, you can see him now. Eli? Yes? Did you tap on this window just a minute ago? How should I go tapping on folks? That was you whistling just now. Ain't no law again whistling, is that? Oh, then it wasn't Randy. Randy didn't really come out of devil's dip after all. Why did me such a turn? Scared me half to death. All right, Eli. Go back to your chores. Yeah. Miss Lane and I just arrived, Mr. Calhoun. Before something else happens, suppose you tell us what this is all about. Oh, oh, Mr. Preston to Miss Lane, I, I didn't realize that you were here. The shock and the excitement of it all, I, I hope you'll forgive me. Of course. Well, if you'll pardon me, I'll look after dinner. Perhaps you'd better begin at the beginning, Mr. Calhoun. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Well... 
This whole crazy business started back with an Indian legend centuries ago, Mr. Cranston. And this swamp is a sort of altar of sacrifice? That's right. Yes, I've heard of such legends. What was the basis of sacrifice? And once each century, an entire family, according to the legend, was to be sacrificed. But that's fantastic. Is it, my dear? Devil's Dip already has claimed my youngest son, Randy. And the legend says that the youngest should die first. But couldn't Randy's death have been an accident? An accident? And I suppose my paralytic stroke was an accident, too? That's very strange, isn't it? The doctor's just left. He wasn't very optimistic. There's been no improvement since last night, Mr. Calvin. You think I'd be confined to this wheelchair if I could get around some other way? Of course not. Now that we're here, Mr. Calhoun, what is it you'd like us to do? Anything, Mr. Cranston. Anything in the world that will keep that cursed swamp from taking another life. Talk to the doctor yourself, Lamont. Yes, he phoned right after dinner. He can't explain the paralytic stroke either. Calhoun is crippled, there's no question about it. It's fantastic. Hmm. Why are we taking this path towards the cottonwood, Lamont? Uh, Calhoun tells me Eli, the hired man, lives by himself in a shack down there, Margaret. I think we ought to have a little talk with him. Hmm. Oh, here's, here's a shack now, I guess. Hello, Eli. Miss Lane and I just dropped in to pay you a visit. That's all. Eli, do you believe in this swamp legend as strongly as the Calhoun family? Ain't the swamp already grabbed Randy Calhoun? Isn't it possible that Randy might have had a little, uh, too much to drink that night? Randy was drunk on plenty nights. They never headed down with no swamp before. He was drawn down to the swamp. Just to show us if it had a rope around his neck. He was drawn down, pulled under. What about Quentin Calhoun, Eli? Could he tell us any more about Randy's death? Quentin's a drinking fool like his kid brother. And we can tell what he'll do next. And Lucy? You keep an eye on her, Mr. Cranston. There's a lot more to her than that sweet-talking front she puts on for company. You don't have a very high opinion of the Calhouns. People who live near the swamp don't trust nobody. Least of all, strangers. I know now how Eli feels about the swamp. Now that we're actually in it. Yes, I'm beginning to feel it myself. I still don't see what we're going to learn by pulling through the swamp like this. Maybe nothing, Martin. And again. Come up. What is it? Something's coming straight at me. Martin, what happened? Oh, well. Only an overhanging branch, but it, it looks like some kind of horrible snake. It's just your imagination. What? What is it? What is it? Oh, there are two people talking, yes. Oh. Well, now we'll stop the business. Oh. You said you want to talk to me, Quentin? That's right, Lucy. Well, why in the world did you insist on coming all the way down here? Just wanted to make sure we were alone. Well, I don't know what you're driving at, Quentin Calhoun. Legend, Lucy. Legend? What about it? Do you believe in it? Of course I do. 
Who down here doesn't believe that? Somebody with a tricky mind could use that legend to advantage. You maybe wind up with an inheritance. Quinn Calhoun, are you suggesting... I'm not suggesting anything, Lucy. I'm just thinking out loud. Thinking how you might come out on top. Maybe I am. We're all going to die in this stinking swamp without getting a nickel of that fortune rotten in the bank. Quinn, what do you mean to do? Come along to Devil's Dip and see... Sister Lucy, come along and see. Quentin, come back here. Quentin! Come on, Margaret, let's go. Wait till you're You're going to tie to the boat? We head over to Devil's Dip. I think we ought to be there when Lucy and Quentin arrive. Oh. Come on, Margaret, we're almost there. I'm doing the best I can. The moment this brush is so thick. Listen. Sounds like Quentin. Hey! Just get this branch aside, we can get to it. Hurry, Lamar. That's bad. Good Lord, it is Quentin. He's in the quicksand. Wait, Lamar, we've got to save him. It's too late, Mom. Nobody can ever reach Quentin Calhoun now. Back to the shadow after this message from our sponsor. Special day or any day, a meal at the Black Angus is something special. Authentic Western decor, charbroiled meat right off the Black Angus open fires, and reasonable prices all make the Black Angus the perfect place for lunch or dinner. Try the famous charbroiled sirloin steak dinner for only $1.79. You get a crisp, fresh, tossed green salad with Black Angus dressing and hot buttered garlic French bread. Or you may prefer the delicious southern fried chicken dinner. Plump, juicy chicken, surrounded with the specially seasoned black Angus batter and fried till it is crisp and golden. And served with potatoes, salad, and hot garlic bread, it is only $1.49. Visit the black Angus nearest you on Coral Way across from Sears in Coral Gables, on Motel Row, Miami Beach, on Palm Springs Mile in Hialeah, and in South Dade next to Jefferson Stores. Why not make tomorrow a special day for your family? Treat them to a delicious meal at one of the Black Angus restaurants. Black Angus, home of the $1.79 charbroiled sirloin steak dinner. And now, back to tonight's episode of The Shadow. Quentin! Quentin! He's gone, Margaret. It's no use. Now it's easy to hide. The legend has come to pass. Rotten black pool is alive, Lamar. It's like a crawling evil thing. Margot. Sorry, Two drownings in the swamp. Come on, you're going back to the house and lie down. Lamar, what's it all about? You don't believe that filthy swamp has some weird power, I doubt it, Margot. You think someone in the family... Lucy, maybe. I definitely do, after that conversation we overheard between Lucy and Quentin. Why should Lucy want to kill her own brother? And if she was responsible for Quentin's death, why did Lucy see her down with devil's dip just now? Yes, I'd like to ask Lucy those same questions, Margo. In person. You're going to talk to her? I am, Margo, and fast. You can find your way back to the house and hear things more. I think so. I'll see you later. After Lucy's had a little chat with the shadow. Who's in this room? 
your lips and murder in your heart, is that it, Lucy? Must be mad. Who was that? I hear a voice. <laughs> the voice of the shadow. The shadow? Come for truth. The truth about this legend of the swamp. Is it the swamp that's killing this family of Lucy? Yes. Yes, it's the swamp. It couldn't be that some person is responsible for these swamp deaths, could it, Lucy? But I don't know what you mean. You understood very well when you were talking it over with Quentin at Devil's Dip? How did you know about that? <laughs> the shadow knows. <laughs> you killed your brother, didn't you, Lucy? No, shadow, I didn't. I swear it. We talked, and then Quentin asked me to follow him to Devil's Dip. He started walking faster and faster. He got ahead of me. I heard a scream. And when I got up to the dip, Chris and the girl were there. And Quentin was gone on the quicksand. Was anyone else around at the time, Lucy? Well, I... I don't know. I thought I heard someone ahead of us when Quentin and I started for Devil's Dip. Did you see this person? There was only moonlight. And the foliage was so thick. But you did get a glimpse, didn't you, Lucy? Who did you see? We looked like... Like... Yes? Like... Eli. I see. All right, Lucy, if you told the truth, you'll be protected from this deadly swamp curse. If not, your punishment will be harsh. Very harsh. <laughs> Calhoun, eh? What is it? Come on, Cranston, Mr. Calhoun. I'd like to talk to you. Come in. Come in. The door's open. I'm sorry to disturb you this time of night, sir. It's all right. I couldn't sleep. I've been sitting up in my wheelchair. I'm looking for Eli. I've searched the house. He isn't in the servants' quarters. Have you seen him at all this evening? I saw him go down to the swamp about an hour ago, Mr. Cranston. Come down to the swamp? Do you think Eli has something to do with this swamp first? Do you, Mr. Cranston? It... Beginning to look that way. The family gone. Now tonight, Quentin. I'm afraid, Mr. Cranston, that he'll sneak up to my bed some night. Or catch me in my wheelchair. You've got to protect us, Mr. Cranston. You've got to. I'll do the best I can, Mr. Calhoun. The very best. Thank you, my son. Thank Just you. as soon as Miss Lane comes downstairs. Miss Lane isn't in the house, Mr. Cranston. What's that? She hasn't been back since she left with you. Hasn't come back? I'm sure of it. And the last time you saw Eli, he was... Headed for the swamp. Yes, but... I'll see you later, Mr. Calhoun. If anyone wants me, I'll be at Devil's Dip. My fingers are getting deeper and deeper into the swamp. I've lost my sense of direction completely. Who's there? Who's there? Who is it? Who? Howdy. Yeah. Eli. Yeah. Old Eli. <laughs> Surprised to see me down here by Devil's Dip? Yes, I guess I am. I was on my way back to the house. I got lost. Very easy to do with all the willows and foliage. Only the moonlight to guide you. Well, if you're going back to the house, would you show me the way? Yes, and I'm going. What did you say? I don't think I'm going back to the house. Not just yet, Miss Lane. Okay. Well, then I... I guess I'll have to find my own way back. You don't want to go back to the house for a while, Miss Lane. But I do. I want to very much. You're not going back here, Miss Lane. Let me Oh! I said you're not going back. We don't know nothing about this swamp yet. We don't know about the animals that live down here. 
Wounded slip and crawl through the mud. He got sucked into devil's dip just like everything else does. Let me go! It draws your devil's dip does. Draws you down in its black evil belly. Where you can feel a bubbling slime moving around your ankles. And it creeps up to your waist. Please. And up to your neck. No. And your mouth. No. Over there, back to the house, you may be able to nab him. Can you find your way back? Pass right over there. Come on, darling. Now we really do have to move fast. Ah, here we are, Margot. Out in the clearing. Oh, thank heaven. I never want to see another swamp as long as I live. Now there's the house up ahead. And a very welcome sight. Wait a second. What's the matter? You see what I see coming out of the roof? Smoke! Oh, Looks like Eli really has gone out of his mind. Help! 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 It's Lucy. We're coming, Lucy. Mr. Calhoun. 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 Mr. Calhoun
Now I am lost. Look, darling, let's start from the fact that Calhoun was an eccentric old miser who'd secretly wanted to get rid of his greedy relatives for years. So? So, one night, his stepson, Randy, blind drunk, staggered toward the swamp. Calhoun saw him go and could have stopped him, but didn't. He was making a futile effort to run for the boy when he was suddenly struck down in his tracks. He lay there, a paralyzed cripple. What struck him down? His own subconscious, Margot. Oh, now, wait a second. No, it's a fact, Margot, an accepted scientific fact. Calhoun was what medicine calls a psychosomatic case. Psychosomatic? Hmm. Oh, yes, I read something about that during the war. Boys who were afraid to go to the front became suddenly and mysteriously crippled. Their subconscious rendered them temporarily helpless as an excuse or alibi for their guilt. I see. But if Calhoun was crippled, how did he push Quentin into the swamp? When Calhoun heard Eli whistling Randy's tune and thought it was Randy back from the dead, the shock broke the psychosomatic condition. And he regained the use of his legs. Right. That's when he hatched the plan to kill off the rest of the family. As a paralytic, he had a perfect alibi. When did you guess the truth, Lamar? While Calhoun was warning me against Eli, he mentioned Quentin's death in the swamp. Yet he had no way of knowing that his son had died. I would have accused him right then. I hadn't had to get to you at Devil's Dip. Eli was really out of his mind, wasn't he? At the end, he was not. All the others used the Indian myth for their own greedy, deceitful purposes. Eli really believed in the legend of the living swamp. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Grime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.